Hey y'all, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Lightning Rod. I really hope you enjoyed it. Some of my teammates said that the last few outros have been not too realistic in terms of voice, so this is my actual voice if I were to do it without a script. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to know more in terms of what episodes are coming out next, follow us on our Instagram, or really our newsletter will probably give you all the deets before everyone else. So if you would like to subscribe, Link is in the description. See you in the next episode. Let's hustle. Welcome back to another episode of The Lightning Rod. Today I have a teammate, uh, Sheena Patel. She's my co-host for today. And today we have Nikon Poppy as our guest. Uh, could you kind of introduce the audience who you are, your real name, and all that stuff, just so they know? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Nikon Poppy. My real name is Willie, Willie Civil. I'm a photographer here in Atlanta. And I do a lot of different things. I cover a lot of genres of photography, anything from events to you know fashion, editorial, lifestyle, you know, weddings, uh, product photography, anything that I can get my, my lens on, you know, I'm willing to shoot. And what what kind of started you off in that photography world? What did you start off with? Like, wow. like lifestyle, wedding even? You, you know, know, the first thing I actually started off with was uh, shooting flowers. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, I did a lot of floral photography and landscapes. I did not like shooting people at all. But <laughs> well, why is that? Like Why? Um, I think it was because I was young and back then I was super introverted. Yeah. So for people to, you know, be asking me to take their photo and stuff, I was like, mm, not really. You know, my family always asked me to take photos and I was like, nah, I don't really <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and young how? Like you how old were you? I started time? taking photos when I was fourteen. Mm. And so we already talked about this off the mic, but why the name Nikon Poppy? Why Nikon Poppy? Yeah, everybody asks me that. <laughs> <laughs> everybody thinks it's named after Champagne Poppy or you know, Drake. But actually, um, my, my name back in high school used to be Strictly Nikon on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so people at school would just call me Nikon. So when I actually started shooting Nikon like exclusively, I wanted a name that kind of fit to that brand. So I was trying to find something that kind of felt right, like, you know, like something that showed that I was a master of, of my craft kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I was like, Nikon father, like, Nikon, <laughs> Nikon boy, like, is that, <laughs> it wasn't really hitting like that. So my family actually calls me Poppy. It's a term of endearment, you know, yeah. Haitian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that they call me, my, my whole life they called me that. And, you know, it, it kind of mean, means like I'm an aficionado of what I do, you know. Icon father, but in a more elegant way. Yeah, yeah. It just rolls off the tongue. So. It does, and I, I really like it. And I said I followed you for years, and I'm sure people listening have followed you for years. So that's that's pretty cool. I appreciate that. <laughs> so kind of going back to how you started. So you started at 14, and you kind of just taking pictures of flowers. So how did it grow into what you're doing now? Like, what was the thing after that? That transition really came from um, meeting different people. You know, in high school, I had a fair amount of friends. I have a lot of people around me, and we all wanted to do something different. So what happened was I was doing so much of this other stuff, you know, floral, landscape, and people saw that I was pretty talented in the areas that I did choose to shoot. Mm -hmm. So they wanted me to um, work with them and see what I could produce with people. So I had a friend of mine who was a rapper, John Banks, and he hit me up 
um, he wanted me to do the cover for his mixtape. Oh, nice. So I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll do it. It wasn't a lot of money. I don't even remember. It might have been like $20 or something like that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, I can go to GameStop with this and get <laughs> something nice. <laughs> that works. Yeah. yeah. So I just did it. And after doing it, you know, I found myself like, wanting to direct him like I was changing his pose I was like maybe you should wear this outfit you know, put your hat like this so the whole process of adjusting the scene and creating my own vision within what I was given really appealed to me and made me fall in love with working with people gotcha and you started that when like how old were you at that point uh at that point I was probably only a year a year and a half into it so I was like 15 and a half 16. gotcha and so before then was this something that you always wanted to do or no. Just kind of picked it up at 14 and ran with it from there. Yeah, I just ran with it. Um, it's funny because I just was a regular kid, high school kid. Uh, I used to be really big into soccer. I wanted to go pro with that, but an injury kept me from doing that. Like the Haitians do. Yes, all the Haitians <laughs> play soccer. You know, so I wanted to go pro, but the injury kept me from going down that route. Yeah. So I just spent a lot of time at home and um, playing Xbox. And my mom was like, look. You didn't get you a, a hobby. You need to do something. Something, man. <laughs> but you got to get out of this house. So I spent all my birthday money and got a camera. The first camera was not a Nikon. Mm. <laughs> mm. was... Now we're spilling some stuff. <laughs> right. So I'm giving you all the secrets. <laughs> secrets. My first camera was a Fujifilm. S twenty five fifty HD. So. I mean, my first camera was a Fujifilm too, and then like yeah. now I just use Nikon strictly. So. Wait, are you talking about woman. the the roll? Like, are you talking about the the actual camera? <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. I'm talking like about the disposable ones. No, no, no. I had a digital camera. <laughs> okay. He has a Fujifilm digital camera. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Compared to what like he does now, it wouldn't do the same, I don't think, but it's a good starter, I think. It was a good start. It was more of like a point and shoot. It, yes. it didn't have a detachable lens, oh, okay. so it was a big difference from what I'm shooting, but it had a manual mode and everything, mm-hmm. so that kind of, you know, allowed me to learn what it was to be a photographer and, you know, how to make my own scenes and settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I learned a lot. Yeah, so what do you think you would be doing now if you didn't do photography? Like you said, the soccer thing, but because of an injury, you weren't doing that. Right, yeah. I would have loved to go pro in soccer. I think that was something that I was really passionate about. Um, If I wasn't doing photography, little known fact, I'm actually really in love with minimal architecture, like modern homes and progressive styles. So I think about going back to school for architecture pretty often. Oh, cool. That's really cool. So you say you're going back to school, so what did you go to school for before then? I just graduated not too long ago oh. with a degree. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I have my bachelor's in marketing. Oh, so, me too. Yeah, yeah she's out here with her marketing degree. Nikon mommy, not as well. I'm just playing. She's just trying to throw something. Pick I don't up a know. camera. Yeah. Let's see what you got. Okay. Yeah, I got a little, just a little bit. <laughs> so uh, you would def- definitely go back to school for that, or you're planning to? It's something I think about. Um, I think I want to make this marketing advertising thing work for me you know make this photography thing work for me mm-hmm. as well but when I think about other things I could do I'm like yeah that would be so cool yeah. to design houses and stuff. yeah so mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of jump around a little bit so you have a degree in marketing which I didn't know mm-hmm. um do you use any of that in the stuff that you do now at all to like market yourself market your business anything like that yes yes absolutely I think that having a marketing mindset helps a lot being creative because as we all know, when you're an entrepreneur, I mean, you're your own boss, you're your uh, PR, you are HR, you're everything. So to have that skill and, and that um, that brain that tells you how you can make yourself more appealing to your target audience and things like that, that's so important. You know, I use it 
all the time. I make my own uh, promotional materials when I need it, and I have my own uh, Instagram strategies, yeah. you know. So, but it, as we all know, it's very hard to be your own critic. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you think about it and you're like, okay, what's gonna work and what works for other people? Like you can come up with a plan for this person, this person, mm-hmm. no problem. But for you, it's like, damn, no, that's trash. That's not gonna work. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. You know, you're you're much more. Uh, you think about it a lot more. Yeah, it sure. makes a lot of sense though. Now that I know that you're a marketing major, because that's kind of what we do with our workshops and just meeting creatives in general. Like one of our issues that we've noticed in the Atlanta industry, like or creative industry, I guess here in Atlanta, is a lot of artists don't know how to market themselves. They don't know how to brand. So you're successful in what you do, and, it, and now it makes sense. It's like full circle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just don't know how to like, you know, market themselves or get to where they need to be or, or just even sell their work. So they might produce like the most amazing pieces of work, but they don't know, they don't know how to get it out there. I mean, yeah, I, I do think it's really cool. So uh, going off tangent a little bit, what do you mm-hmm. think is the most like important marketing skill for a creative then in order to market themselves? Mm-hmm. I think I think the ability to devise a strategy mm-hmm. is probably the strongest skill you can have because a lot of people are good at a lot of things, but a leader is someone who is able to kind of string everyone's skills and talents mm-hmm. together to make overall strategy the overall plan mm-hmm. so if you if you can be the planner you can bring in other people to fill in the gaps yeah, you know yeah. but if you can't plan that's that's going to be tough yeah because mm-hmm. now you need you need a manager and you need your graphic designer and you need this person so for me i'm someone who who comes up with strategy so i might not be the best person in all those other aspects of my career but me knowing what, exactly what i want to do and how we can lay it out just not having those pieces helps a lot yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's definitely how i work too is like i pick teammates who can kind of fill the things that i don't know necessarily how to do um like sheena's really good at networking so sheena does all the talking for me because i'm (laughs) very heavily introverted so i don't i just don't like talking to new people like that Mm -hmm. unless we get to know like at a different stage tammy will usually pick me out at the events if you saw google (laughs) oh yeah i I sat in the very front row and i just let sheena go do whatever that's why i had to get a couple drinks in me because i was solo that night that's true you were solo you were on point though you you just like come meet everybody come get everybody's information like i was like okay let me just (laughs) take a sip and then go talk to everybody and usually when i'm there like i i was literally talking to like the other introverts that i noticed like they were Mm -hmm. just sitting there patiently waiting for the event to begin and i'm talking Mm -hmm. to them like that's how I met Alex and all of that stuff, yeah. too. It's like, just talking to the introverted people while Sheena goes cover everybody else in the room. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Y'all know what works for you, you know? Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So do you, um, do you have a team, or you're kind of solo as well? Like, you're just by yourself? It's just me, really. Just do you plan me. on getting a team at all? Yeah, I'd love to have a team. Yeah, you know? that will go under the Nikon Coffee brand, or will it be something else? Um, I do want to create, like, an umbrella of of my business of my you know, company mm-hmm. my company is called uh, civil creations right. yeah my, my last name mm-hmm. um so i would love for civil creations to be you know that umbrella under which multiple areas of creativity can fall mm-hmm. you know so under civil creations we've got you know photography we've got video we've got graphic design you know that's why it's not um really civil photography it's mm-hmm. civil creations because we can create multiple things that could even include um, you know, just general marketing. Yeah. That could include architecture. Yeah. It could include anything I really want it to be. So I wanted to leave it abstract. That's kind of how I live my life. Yeah. I don't like being too direct in things. I like to have options. Yeah. Yeah. So um, any plans on that soon, like that happening? Or is that kind of just like it's on your mind for right now? Do you have other things in place before you get there? 
Yeah, I think I have other things I need to need to figure out that I need to do before I get to that point. Mm-hmm. I'm not in a rush. Mm-hmm. I used to feel like, you know, damn, I'm running out of time. Yeah. But I realize now, um, having so many friends that are in the creative space that are much older than me, mm-hmm. not the age is a huge factor, but it's something to think about. You know, me being the age that I am versus other people who are 30 plus or, you know, 40 even. Um, I think I'm in a great space with all that I know and the people that I know mm-hmm. um, to really build off of that and be secure in myself and my business where I am now yeah. before I make that leap onto something much bigger. You know, that'll always come. Yeah. I think that also comes with, and I, I'm so glad you mentioned it because a lot of our audience are a bunch of college college students who feel like after they graduate, they have to rush and like, I have to get life in set right now. I have to make sure it's done. I need to get like this money in and all that stuff. So how, what would be your advice for someone who is in that state, like rushing to try to get it done? What would you advise them? I think I would say that um, you have to think about what it is that you're lacking. And is that something you're able to change now? And if it's not, focus on the things that you are able to change. Because we spend so much time chasing these unattainable goals that, that are not available at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. So if we just cut those out, make that a non-factor and focus on those things that you can really change within the next six months to a year, I think we would get so much more progression mm-hmm. out of out of our careers and out of ourselves. So yeah, I think I think that's a big thing for people. Yeah. I do think because um, it's like seeing other people. Like I like I see Sheena, for example, and Sheena's going up, but I'm not going up. So what the heck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So like that mentality state is like really hard to get out of and I want to rush to get up to Sheena's level, but Sheena wants to rush and get up to my level, whatever, and that's really hard to cut out, for example. So I'm glad you mentioned it. It's really good. Uh, next, we're kind of going to talk about like inspirations and skills. Sheena, do you want to kind of ask these questions? Um, do I want to ask these questions? <laughs> I'm just she doesn't want to ask just these questions. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you know, our major question, I guess, was you said you started it when you were 14. So where... I guess not at 14, but now, like, where do you get most of your inspiration from? I draw my inspiration from people, mainly. I think uh, people who inspire me are just general, happy, great people. Well, not even necessarily happy. I mean, I cut out the people who weren't so happy that I also had great conversations with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just conversing and hanging out with and getting to know people that I that I either don't know or that I know, but I'm getting to know you better. Like those genuine moments really inspire me and give me ideas on how I can produce stronger work. Because what I feel like I do is I bring out the energy of the people I'm shooting. You know, um, I'm showing the world a version of you that maybe you didn't even know you yourself had. So with that in mind, if I'm able to understand people better, then that makes me a better creator. So you feel like there's definitely um, psychology involved in your work when it comes to just shooting the subject? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a lot. It has a lot to do with the mind and the way that people think. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand the way that people think, then you understand how they're going to view the work when it's done. Right. So you right. can adjust it and edit it and refine it in order to make that impact as, as big as possible. Is there any local Atlanta photographers that you really admire that you would like to share? Yeah. There's so many. Um it's so funny, and I love this about Atlanta, but it's like in other places, I think competition is so cutthroat. Like to have a friend who does the same thing as you is like rare in other places, I think. Mm-hmm. But in Atlanta, it's like I know just about every photographer out there, <laughs> and we all do different things. We yeah. do different work, and I think that's so cool. So some people I would like to 
shout out would definitely be like Dante Maurice, uh, my boy Phil Winter, uh, Wire ATL, super dope. Um, who else? Tenzin, of course, you know, Quan, mm -hmm. Jay Leonard. Like, these are just people who come to my Anari, you know, a lot of dope, you know, female photographers out there, especially uh, photographers coming up who aren't as well known, Brittany Witherby. Like, there's so much talent out there, and it's crazy. Yeah. Shout them all out. Shout them all out. Look, there's a list. I got a scroll like here. 10, 10 minutes of just listing all these. Instruments. Everybody right. that was just listed will be contacting y'all next. Film credits rolling, all yes. these names. But yeah, so many dope people, man. Like, I love that we're all out here just doing what we do, different styles, different, different models, you know, different areas. People mm -hmm. who don't live in Atlanta, people who might live in Conyers or, you know, Noonan or wherever. Like we all have our own scenes and went to different schools, but we came together in this creative community to all be friends and create different work and uplift each other. And that's mm -hmm. something I think that is super unique to Atlanta. And I think it's one of the reasons I love the city so much. Yeah. Cool. So you spoke about like different models and locations. How do you go about choosing like the right models and locations for your work? Ooh, that's so tough. Um, tough I find how? Is it like the criteria of the model or is it like... Uh, and are you really picky? Flow. Are you really picky <laughs> yeah. about models too? Now we gotta know. Now we have. To I'm know. not picky. I think that um, I think it's hard to find the right model because if you just look for beautiful people, then we'll all be shooting the same people. Right. You know. So okay. I don't really look for beauty as a main factor. I look for positive energy because if I like you, like if I have a general compatibility with you, we're gonna produce so much better work than if I was just like. Oh, she's dope. Like this is, you know, the Beyonce of Atlanta. Like let's let's all shoot with her. Like if she has a bad personality to me, then it's just gonna be mediocre. Yeah. But I could find the most obscure model who has maybe even some quirky features that wouldn't necessarily be modeled to others, but we have a great chemistry yeah. and the work is gonna be fire because you're gonna feel what I felt when I was creating that. Yeah. And as far as like your locations, do you have do you have like some of the same locations you like to visit, or do you try to find new ones and just you know like new backgrounds? I guess. Yeah. You'd say? <laughs> I do repeat locations a fair amount, mm -hmm. especially like where I where I live, which I won't disclose. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Only we know that. <laughs> right. Um, I go there around there a lot because there's so much variety. I like to pick locations that are vast. Because mm -hmm. I will literally go through that one location and chop it up into 10 pieces and shoot in this corner and next to this tree and on this building. And I'll make it new every time, mm -hmm. you know. It's hard to find great spots because nobody really goes out there anymore and, like, walks the scene or walks the streets and goes to that back alley. Mm -hmm. I've had places in plain sight that people are like, how did you, how'd you find that? How did you know that was there? And it's like, yeah. you got to get out there, you know. Back when you didn't have a car, you walked, right? You should yeah. probably do that again. Yeah. You know? That's the best way, I think, is just to walk, especially in the city area that we're in. Like, when you walk, you'll really find those little crevices mm -hmm. and, yeah, things like that. Yeah. So once you're, I guess, once your shoot is over and you're getting ready to, like, do you, well, actually, I guess the question I want to ask is, do you post all of your photo shoots on Instagram or your website, or, or do you not even release all of them? Uh, it kind of depends. Like, I don't necessarily end up doing jobs where it's like I can't post some stuff unless it's a very specific kind of brand job, mm -hmm. but I don't post everything uh, just because I feel like some things I want to keep for myself and others 
might not be what I feel to be Instagram ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this is a dope shoot, but it's not what I feel like I want to portray on my Instagram. Right. So not to say that it's bad or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's just, I don't feel like this is what I want to put out. So the things that you do decide to post, like, is there a strategy behind it? Do you have a certain, I guess, like, certain times that you post or certain days? Is there any sort of certain strategy, or do you just kind of post it as you as you feel like it? I kind of post when I feel like it. Um, okay. I try to be that, like, ideal influencer, you know, air quotes. Mm-hmm. I'm asking because um, you have a marketing background, so I didn't know yeah. if you try to follow some sort of, like, Instagram algorithm, or it's just freestyle pretty much. I sometimes freestyle it because mm-hmm. I, I realize that it's not always numbers-based. Yeah. A lot of it is because Instagram has made it so much so, but I think that you might just really be feeling one of your photos and you post it at like 1130 thinking everybody's asleep and then you come up on 500 likes out of the blue. Yeah. Like sometimes it just happens, yeah. you know, so you kind of have to feel it, but you know, we're not going to sit here and try to make it seem like you don't have to follow the rules at least a little bit. Like I got to post up by 1130 every morning. I got to post on Monday, Wednesday, Friday because my followers, you know, mm-hmm. they they be at work or whatever. So have you ever like just posted a picture and then you just wake up and it just went viral? Has it ever happened to you? I have one photo in particular that comes to mind um, with that situation. I'm interested like in how that, like how was that the first time, I guess like some, some of your work went viral? It was crazy. It was really like, I was really like super hyped when it happened. I'm not even gonna lie. It was, it was kind of amazing because yeah. I really love the photo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it would be great if everybody kind of had that same energy. Yeah. So it was. And then they they did. They did. I was like, yo, we're on the same page. You know? Same wavelength. Yeah. How many? Um, when you're saying viral here, you know, you mean like likes? Like it just like blew up and a bunch of people liked. Yeah, it. I guess like um, because I know people's version of viral could just be viral in Atlanta or viral, right. you know, like locally or whatever. But uh, for, I guess how was it for you? Yeah. When that happened viral for you. Um, it was viral when, I mean, likes obviously were a good indication, but for me, like. When it hit a thousand, I was like, damn, this is, oh, yeah. this is fire. Like, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, everybody's seeing this thing. And then, you know, a couple more minutes passed and it was like, okay, 1500. I was like, okay, cool. And then 2000 oh, and then five, I was like, oh, you know, this is a lot. And then yeah. it capped out at like 11,000. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, this is crazy. But then you can see the insights as well. You know, we have a business page. So I'm looking at the insights and I'm like seeing all these, these saves, you know, like, Hundreds of saves, yeah. thousands of shares. What picture was it, by the way? It was my picture of Willow Smith at okay. Afropunk. Oh, so, dope. Okay, yeah. so now we know what to reference <laughs> when I go back and look. Yeah, yeah go back and check it out. Notes, yeah, just so people can see it. Yeah. But um, so how does that feel after you you hit like that eleven thousand mark, and then the next one you post is not like as does it hurt you in the feels a little bit? You know, it hits you, it hits you right in the feels. you like, the other word just ain't, ain't hitting the same. No, it's, not, it's time to retire. You got to retire on a good note. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely feel that because we have a business page. So when we post a certain thing, and suddenly it hits like right at 60, like 60 likes to us is like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look at the insights and it's being saved. It's being like sent to someone else like mm-hmm. you can see like the little airplane and i'm like oh shit someone is sharing our shit like what are, what are we gonna do <laughs> and then the next one is like like two likes and i'm like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like uh but i totally get it though uh we're <laughs> gonna kind of move into like the struggles now um how, how do you feel about that drive to keep creating because i know it can get overwhelming because we're creators we get overwhelmed with our own work so do you feel that same overwhelming absolutely yeah absolutely i think it's something that we should talk about more Mm -hmm. in the creative community um especially with me being you know an influencer um 
a, a public figure to some extent. Mm -hmm. You know, people know me beyond my general circles. Yeah. I think we all have this idea of what we believe people go through and what they're capable of handling based on what we see online. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an important conversation that we're not all super people, you know, like anxiety right. is a thing, mm -hmm. depression is a thing, stress is definitely a thing. For sure. Yeah. And if you create constantly, if you are someone who loves what you do, you're going to go through those things. And we have to learn how to manage those, those aspects of our lives. So myself, um, I feel them pretty often, you know, like I'm, I'm no different than anybody else. I've found that photography is a great outlet for me to express myself. Yeah. Um, when I'm sad or when I'm upset, you know, even when I'm happy, but I made a, uh, I guess you can say like a pact with myself a couple years ago to find a way to create work that's impactful, not simply through sadness. Because a lot of artists create their best work when they're sad yeah, or when they're that upset. That was a big part of the discussion. Yeah, that was the question I asked. Um, I guess we can touch on that since yeah, we're here. Because I did want to bring that up too, actually. Again, just for our, our viewers here. Um, what was the question that I asked? Like, it was talking about how a lot of creatives, like like you said, create their best work when they're sad or depressed. And then I asked, like, so should we be going to therapy or should we just stay depressed? <laughs> because some people, I feel like they become happy and then they no longer can create. But then it then it makes me ask the question like I don't know I, I don't I hate to say it like this but were you ever a creator to begin with or were you ever creative to begin with if you have to be in such a dark space just to create because you should be able to make works of art in happy places mm -hmm. in mediocre places in sad places I don't know how to I don't know how to articulate exactly what I'm saying right now but I, I hope you get what I'm saying yeah okay yes you can create from a darker place you can absolutely do that and I think it's very very powerful. And mainly because it has such high relatability. Mm -hmm. People are sad. People are stressed. So if you create work that comes from that place, people are going to feel that, you know? It's, right. It's something that, that makes sense to them. But, but I was wondering more so, so if you feel like that about when you're down, you can make some of the best pieces of work. Do you feel like your work is not as good when you're happy? Or it's not as good when you're just in a better place? I think it can be just as good, but it has to be a genuine feeling, you know? Because mm -hmm. if you're... If you're pretending to be happy to make happy work, it's not going to feel yeah, that way right. to other people. You right. you make great work when you're sad because you're genuinely sad, and that's where the work came from. So if you're genuinely happy, like, imagine what you can do. Yeah. And that's what I try to do with my work. Like, I want it to be understood. I want it to be understood that I feel good and the work feels good, and I want you all to feel good while you're seeing it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I think, like, relatively, even if you're, like, genuinely sad, sometimes you won't create the best work because... Mm -hmm. You might be in bed. You might be just too tired to work on anything. So I think that applies as well. So it, it depends on how genuine you are with your work. So like if you're publishing work and you're really sad inside, but your work is trying to portray something happier, it's just not going to feel yeah. right to the audience, vice versa as well. Yeah. So, so just in general, just keep it, keep it genuine, <laughs> keep it genuine, authentic and all that. Um, while we're on that topic, can we be real? Does it pay the bill? So like you doing this photography work, like does it pay everything or... Is there like a deep struggle there? You know, photography. <laughs> Maybe a shallow struggle. <laughs> photography can pay the bills. Does it? <laughs> it pays enough bills when it needs to. Okay. <laughs> I think it's all about how you go about it. Because realistically, if I wanted to just make money, mm -hmm. I would do the simplest version of photography and do it at a very high volume. Just like anything. You know, you could serve really, really good donuts that are gourmet for $40 a pop, or you can sell, you know, pretty good donuts 
in the very high volume, very small, small donuts for $4 a pop and make a lot, you know? So it's like, I could do these hundred dollar shoots all day long, boom, 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 knock it out, make some money, probably pay the bills. Mm -hmm. But how much am I working to accomplish that? You know, at some point you have to value yourself higher and, you know, value your time higher and basically change your clientele. Also, you know, you want to elevate in the world. So you don't want to keep doing those prom photos for the rest of your exactly. life. You want to shoot for both. High school, you know? um, yeah. high school senior photo. <laughs> yeah, like who wants to do that forever? Yeah, right. You know, unless you just want the money. Yeah, I think that's a good, um, good reasoning, and I think that's also a good start is for a lot of people to do that so that they understand that aspect of business. But then you also have to realize when when is your business going to grow? When are you going to change? Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to do that forever, then that's then you just basically hit that plateau. But nothing wrong with it. It's just if you want to, if you want to advance and you want to do something better, you have to take, I feel like, cause that's what I'm doing now. You have to take like a lesser pay to earn the skills that you want to earn in order to do the higher paying jobs. Yeah. So, but outside of this, do you do anything else as far as like for money or to make the, like to make ends meet? I don't have a second job right now, but I am looking to get into a marketing or advertising job in, in corporate America. <laughs> that sounds scary. Right. I work at corporate, and Sheena did work at corporate until recently. So mm-hmm. most of our team does work in corporate, mm-hmm. and then we do this on the side. Yeah. So no shame in corporates. Yeah, there's no, there's no yeah. shame in it. I'm, I'm open to it. Um, I haven't worked a part-time job in a while. The last time I worked a part-time job, I think, was in 2017. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's not a bad thing. A lot of people do. People that you wouldn't think do have other jobs. Mm-hmm. So your favorite influencer is probably, you know, working somewhere else. They might be bagging uh, groceries at Publix, yeah. for all you know. Yeah. Just to pay those extra bills. Yeah. So is there any challenges you're facing right now as a photographer or as a business? I think the challenges I face are, you know, just touching back on what we were speaking about earlier, general challenges that everybody faces, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm currently trying to work on being the best version of myself that I can be. And I think, I truly believe that once I get to a point where I'm maybe not the happiest version of me, but a happier, more efficient version of myself, I will be a better creative, Mm -hmm. you know, because a lot of being a creative has to do with being a better person, you know, it's disconnected. Do you have any tips on that? Because I'm a strong believer in that too. I feel like if you're like the best version of you, then you're able to produce your best work, regardless of what field you're in, but especially with creatives, because I think creatives and myself too, we struggle a lot with just having inner peace. And if you don't have the inner peace, it's hard to do anything. It's hard to get to bed. It's hard to like make yourself meet up with a client, even if they are paying you $500. Like there's times where I'd rather stay in bed than get up and do anything like that. So what are, what are some tips that you can give people that are, I guess, struggling with that, just becoming the best version of themselves and how they can become more like at peace, I guess, with themselves to where they can do what they want to do or what they need to do. I think we should start making more time for ourselves, you know, start, start caring more about the things that you want to do more so than things that other people want than want you to do for them. Mm-hmm. Because at least for me, I find myself going out of my way for people a lot, which is something that is part of who I am. You know, it's part of my mm-hmm. character. I want to make other people happy, but if it's at your own expense, then you're not doing either party a favor, you know? So we have to make time for the things that we love to do, yes. whatever that might be for you. If you like biking, Go for a ride. You know, if you like uh, going to the movies, go to the movies. For me, you know, I do love movies. I love watching anime. You know, I love Japanese food, like different things that I enjoy in my free time. And I make time for those things because I know that doing those things and enjoying them and 
spending time with myself is part of what's going to make me do a better job on that shoot I have tomorrow or next week. You know, it's part of building a better me through that self-love and care. Yeah. So on that, do you have like a routine for yourself? So say like, I don't know, like nine to 11, you're working and then 12 to three o'clock, you'll give it like me time. And then after that, it's working again. Do you have that routine? I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> I know, that sounds so fucking ideal. Like, and it doesn't work out. The, the numbers you're giving, I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> uh, uh, but I don't follow that whatsoever. Yeah. So I have no schedule to work with. Yeah, there's no routine. Uh, it's really like, okay, I got work to do. Do the work, then anime. Or do the work, then you can eat or whatever. You know, I just, I try to be very straightforward about what it is that has to get done. Mm-hmm. And then giving myself a reward for that. You know, I, I'm always consistent. That's a good system. Yeah. yeah. Consistency, I think, is the important part. Yeah. Is there any challenges you're facing right? Or um, is there anything you wish you knew back then to fix the challenges you are facing now? Um, I don't know. Like, that's a really hard question. The no thing, that's for sure. I could Just by the way you said it, it lets me know that you did not have boundaries before, and now you realize, like, telling people no, that's a classic case of just not having boundaries, which which was how I was, too, before. And I would say... Sure, you need this. Sure, I'll help you, but it's it's at your own expense, like you said. So you need. I feel like that's one for sure. Even if you didn't know, you would throw that in there. But now you that's, know. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah, being being too nice or you know humbling yourself to the point of yes. self deprivation, oh, like yeah. that's a bad thing. And I wish I knew that more when I was younger. But I think a lot of things don't really fall into that category of like, damn, I wish I knew that because mm-hmm. it's more like a growing process. Mm-hmm. Like some things you have to grow into knowing and appreciating. So, cause if you went back and you just knew it, it still wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same mm-hmm. just to right. know it and then start applying it. Yeah. Knowing how you should apply is just as important. Yeah. So is there, um, since you didn't go to school for photography, is there anything you wish you knew back then in photography that would have like helped now? Lighting, lighting. Uh, oh, that's like, that's a big one though. Yeah. Yeah, lighting was something, is something that I think is probably, might be the most important part. Aside from like knowing your settings, knowing your camera, which I talk about a lot, lighting is like, it's literally part of your style. You know, how you like things, how you edit things to be lit, that is what makes your photos so much different than everybody else's. I actually, another little known fact, I went to a... Uh, basically a magnet school for commercial photography when I was in high school, my senior year. So I do have a bit of a background, a formal background in learning photography. Yeah, most of my time was self-taught. But being at that school really propelled me forward a lot past a lot of my peers Mm -hmm. who were doing photography because it was the first time where someone looked at my work and looked at my style and my, my way of doing things. It was like, yo, that's trash like <laughs> i was like yo this is, this is my best photo she's like yo that's trash and i was oh, like oh yeah. okay oh, God. So, i can't tell people enough when i um i do graphic design like on the side and when i was in like um, a newspaper what he did was he pinned up all of our stuff all of the designs and he would literally go through he's like this is shit this is crap take this who designed this this needs to go to the trash and everybody would just start crying like everybody's just like oh shit like my work is really bad so to have that i think that's really uh good because that's not the ideal way to teach somebody but i think that's a good way to show them like there's better ways to do something you can't improve on top so yeah i'm glad you went through that can i tell you guys a secret when no. i used to do photography <laughs> go ahead tell i was also secret. like 14 or something when i started photography i think and, everybody was in that like, but, like mode. but you know like back in the day everybody used to be on the computers heavy because like the internet came out in the 90s or whatever 
And so I was, I'm not that old. I was born in 91, but I was like 14. And I started posting my pictures online, like, um, to these, like, to these just forums and stuff to like have people critique me. And I thought I was just doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I knew I was doing it. And my, don't get me wrong. The pictures are actually pretty decent, but people would like rip me a new one. Like, what the fuck is this border you put on here? Like, Take this yeah. ugly ass border off your photo, and I'm just like it matches. The picture is green. I used, I literally went on paint and put added a border, and I would, I would like take the droplet and take the color green from the picture and put it on the border. So it matches, damn it. Right. And I just, yeah, exactly. And I thought I was, I thought I was just doing it, y'all. I thought I was just Fire. doing it. And then people were like literally just clowning me. Like she just took this. Wow, is she matching her border with her subject? Is she really matching her border with the sky? Is she really ma- like oh, that's exactly what I was doing? Yes. And now looking back, it's like so cringy. It's so cringy. I mean, looking everybody back. though, like I think the, Nikon puppies could say the same. Like when you look back at some of your old work, it's, it's so like, cringy. did I really do that? Well, I do that, so I don't. Do that. <laughs> I, yeah, I look I'm back and I'm just like, and I'm like, yo, like this is not. Do you remember like when I first started working for TCF and I first created like a this like a flyer for the first time in my life? I thought it was hot shit. Like I look back at it now, I'm like this is trash. What is this? <laughs> Humble yourself. Yeah. The old you is is a different you than who you exactly. are now. Exactly. Yeah, and um, I think it's just a process, and definitely a lot of like where my inspiration came from was from Tumblr. Like just seeing like all these photographers on there they're like from yeah. california or whatever they would take these pictures and then that just became the aesthetic that i just look for mm-hmm. and everything so it's a learning process sheena i'm sure they look yeah. back now and they're just like man what the fuck is this yeah so i'm sure it's okay though um we're gonna kind of go a little bit more personal now so like about your family and peers do you have like a good family and peer support on your work at all yeah, my family is super supportive of my creative journey. Mm-hmm. My mom was just like, look, you can do whatever as long as you get that degree. So Okay, so the trade-off was the degree. Then. Yeah, the degree was, was the, the price of admission mm-hmm. for this creative journey of mine. So, um, That's how it usually goes, assuming that your parents are immigrants? Yeah, they, okay. they came over from Haiti, so that was, that was her energy. She was like, look, you can do it. I believe in you. But you have to be able to have something to fall back on, mm-hmm. you know, like she helped pay for my education. So she wanted to see that follow through to the end. And that's what I did. You know, it was probably for her, for sure. Um, what college did you even go to, by the way? We didn't ask. I went to Georgia Gwinnett. Okay. Yeah, over in Lawrenceville. Okay. I was hoping you say Georgia State. Because <laughs> that's where our team's from. So. <laughs> no, nah, they, can, they can have that tuition. Oh, okay. Fast I mean, to pay well, for yeah. mine. Majority of fast yeah. to pay for mine. Uh, <laughs> aren't you blessed? <laughs> they said I was poor enough. You feel me? I'm just yeah. kidding. Cut that part out. <laughs> I'm not gonna even. I'm not gonna cut it. Leave that I need in. to keep it. I need to keep it in. Leave People need in. to know. They need to know what is going on. Um. So that's the family side. So does the peer support, like friends and stuff? Do you have a lot of that? I have a lot of support from my friends. That's good. You know, I think every time I run into someone from like high school who knows where I came from mm-hmm. in terms of doing this photography thing, yeah. they're like, yo, like you, you did it, man. You really yeah. made it. Like, for those kinds of people, those friends of mine, they're like, yo, you made it, you know? And even though I have goals that I want to continue to chase, mm-hmm. it's really nice to feel like you have made it in the eyes of people who know you and respect you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something that we all have to remember from time to time. Like, what is, what is it really to make it, you know? What does it mean to have have reached a goal? Like, because back then you had different goals. Mm-hmm. For me, I wanted to be a great photographer. I just wanted to be able to create a photo that looked like 
the one in that magazine I first picked up that inspired me to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I hit that, you know, but we have new goals over time. So we feel like we're never really reaching that point that we wanted to get to, but we have. And it's the people that we, that we've befriended along the way that remind us of those moments. So I appreciate, you know, those people from high school and early college days. And, you know, even now who see my work and they're like, this is damn good. Like, I'm proud of you. You know, that that makes me feel great about what I'm doing. That's really good. And you kind of touched on it, which is not included in like any of our questions. So how do you find, define success then? Because a lot of people, like you said, define it differently. So how do you define it for yourself? What is that like? The best Nikon Poppy is, is the happiest Nikon. A happy me is I think that's that's the best version of myself that's when I know I've made it like obviously the money's important to have you know my own huge house and you know a car too and a family you know those things that everybody kind of wants but to be happy at the end of it all is really my goal you know, to be happy with the work I'm creating to be happy with the progression I'm making all of that and happiness happiness is sometimes circumstantial so i think we have to constantly redefine what that means to us Mm -hmm. but if you can find happiness wherever you are currently in your life i think you're doing the right thing yeah and i think a lot of and i ask because a lot of creatives that i've met before that is something that they they struggle air quote on struggle is that finding that success like what are they defining as success is it a lot of money is it having like a bunch of clients for your work like what is it so when you say things like that it puts it in a new perspective for them like oh shit there are better things than you know just the money in the house and all that stuff too so that's really good uh do you think that having a support system is important well you do have it but do you think that's important for other people to have yes i think having a support system is crucial to staying afloat and also to pushing you past your breaking point Mm -hmm. because you know a lot of people some people's issue is that they can't find a reason to keep doing it and other people's issue is that they've been doing it but this is as good as it's going to get and now they need someone who's going to come in and be like look get off your ass and do something else because that breaking point is often where we find our stride in being a better version a better creative for ourselves so that support system is so important but i also in contrast to that think that people can become reliant upon that support and use it as a crutch mm-hmm. and that keeps you from being a better version of yourself so it can work two oh, ways so from the creative and yeah. like they rely on it too much yeah, yeah yeah you know like yes men you know oh yeah I won't name any particular artist, but you can... You can tell us after we're off of it, though. Go ahead, name names. Let's let's talk someone that's too big to come after, like Chance the Rapper, for example. Okay. Um, His new album, maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. It's a good album, but, like, in terms of what we expected to see, you know, we... Some people feel like it was was a very yes-man type project. Like, yeah, this is great. You know, just keep rapping about your wife, about your happiness, like... Mm -hmm. Some people don't really like it, you know, and he might <laughs> have needed. Perspective. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He might have needed some people to be like, "Hey, this ain't Shit. it. <laughs> this ain't it, chief." You know. Yeah. So, but you know, for Did him. Did you like it? I thought it was cool. I haven't finished it yet. I haven't either. I, mean, yeah, I was just wondering. I thought it was cool. I heard like I watched like a review of it to get like a breakdown, and I was like hearing some of the songs. I'm like, yeah, maybe we could have gone a different. It's a little gospel-y, like, and some of them are a little gospel because mm-hmm. now he's more yeah. like Christian. Yeah. And that's like where his direction is going, I guess. So, 
Yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> I can agree with what you're saying. Because I remember I used to listen to Chance before, and so now hearing him now, it's, it's way different. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, it's still got the same essence, I guess. Like, it's still him, but it is different, for sure. And I'm not Christian either, so mm. some of that stuff, it's like, I get it, and I get the vibes behind it, but it's just not as relatable to me because the way I grew up. Exactly. And yeah. yeah, it's just not. It's not but, relatable to a vast number of people anymore, and yeah. I think that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Do you think that's because, so, like, this is off the rail again, but do you think that's because maybe the goal is to produce something and then have it out there on the market? Or do you feel like there is a creative thing to it? Maybe, I, like, I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. With him in particular? Yeah. I think, I want to believe that he genuinely wanted to make an album sure. about his wife. Yeah. That's great. And yeah. I think, you know, to have the power and the, the platform to do that mm-hmm. is an amazing thing. Um, but, you know, maybe he should take his fans... Uh, desires into consideration as yeah, well. I agree. So you kind of have to look at it from both perspectives. Um, and I think a lot of people, that's where I was trying to get at, is um, a lot of people, like the fans especially, like they don't think about that kind of stuff. Like what what is going through in the artist's mind? Are they mm-hmm. thinking like, I just want to produce because I want to produce. I want to make something about my wife. I'm going to do it. Like versus like the fans are not really like, that's not the shit that we came for. Right. And that's when things start like, he might lose fans. He might gain more fans. I don't know, you know. So it. Chances on his Kanye, he just don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I want to make songs about Kim. Yeah. I'm gonna I do it. And chances songs. on the same thing. <laughs> chances on the same thing. And if he's yeah. happy, all I can do true. is clap it up for yeah, that man. That's yeah. true. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. But like, is there anything that you just kind of like live by, or quote you live by, or something that kind of that you remind yourself of if you have any of those? Mm-hmm. Um, I know mine is not like really a good one. But, like, one of mine is, like, no mercy. And it's not, like, in the sense of, like, being evil or revengeful or, like, hateful or anything like that. But just in the sense of, like, not being able to tell people no. Like, um, at this point, like, and I'm so nice to, to where I, when I say no mercy, it's, like, I'm so nice. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it kind of just reminds me, like, okay, make sure you put yourself first. But with you and your happiness, um, like, do you feel like there's, like, a line or something like that that you just follow and that you... Yeah, there's really just one line that I follow, and that line is to keep moving forward. Literally, just that's it. You know, for the last probably six, seven years, I've been saying that over and over. I used to hashtag it on my posts, but just keep moving forward to me means like anything, anything that you can do to give yourself another hour, another day to do more work, you know, to pursue happiness, that's what you need to do. So if that's like taking a day off, watching some anime you need to go for a walk you need to do something crazy whatever it is just do that what's up y'all my name is min my name is tammy this is the The lightning Lightning Rod. rod